Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 45, Creepy Kids. I think we deliver on this premise, Julia. Yeah, I think it's actually the perfect way to start off. Hashtag Creeptober. Creeptober. Oh, we are so excited. And actually, that reminds me of uh, my recommendation for this episode, which is hashtag Inktober. People, apparently, it's like NaNoWriMo, but for artists, and they are putting out an illustration, a piece of art every single day. We have had such beautiful Spirits fan art come in already, and I just want to like totally shamelessly ask everybody to make us lots of Inktober drawings. I think you already did that just by mentioning it. Uh, I'm I'm in. Uh, I also want to mention our new patrons who we love. So when we're going weekly, we have switched some of our tiers around. We have made our tiers cheaper, um, but we are also charging more frequently. So anyway, there was a bit of a like housework um, situation with our Patreon, and we are just really grateful for everybody reading my long email and uh, and dealing with that and and for signing up. So we would love to welcome Christy, Angel Kitty, John, Anna, and Lou Mack, and thank as always our supporting producer and legend level patrons. New tier, y'all. Physical merch. It is- it is a real exciting tier. I'm excited to send you guys your first spirits-themed gift box. It's, it's like be a, amazing. like a culture club. We're going to have books, movies, maybe some of those cool skull-tipped like olive spears for drinks. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have so many ideas. Should we list our beautiful supporting patrons who are definitely not creepy children? If I didn't, it would feel weird. So thank you so much to Leanne, Cammie, Cassie, Dylan, Chandra, Catherine, Philip, Shannon, Julie, Sarah, MCF, Katie, DDLG for dummies. If you have a first name, let us know because I can thank you that way. Um, Phil Fresh, Deborah, and Charles. Oh, you guys are definitely not creepy children. You are the cool 1950s British paintings of our hearts? Yes. Mark. It'll make sense. That's my favorite story from this episode, I think. Anyway. <laughs> Good. And finally, we would love to thank Storyblocks for sponsoring us again this week. Uh, so they're a provider of high quality stock images for a fraction of the cost than you would do to buy these individually from professional sites. You can start downloading anything on their site. They have like thousands and thousands of things at storyblocks.com spirits during a free trial. Guys, we're so excited that you're here with us as we go weekly. Week- so without further ado, let's get to the episode, Amanda. All right, let's do Spirits Podcast episode 45, Creepy Kids. Hey, Amanda. Your eyes are scary. What? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's, what? let's start that again. I just want like a, hey, Amanda. Hey, Julia. No, let's keep going. This is no. what it is. <laughs> Okay, so we're just yeah. gonna keep no, we roll are. with this. this okay, it. so I have a story from this weekend. Okay, uh, because Jake and I, uh, the weekend that we're recording this, um, Stephen King's It just came out in theaters. Yeah, and I went to go see it with Jake because his favorite thing is to see horror movies, and my favorite thing is to cower while we watch horror movies. I super thought you were gonna talk about your recent engagement. Congratulations! Oh well, thank you. And then go into a lovely love story, but it sounds like we're going the opposite direction. We're going the opposite direction. We're cool, gonna cool. talk about like murder and stuff. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so. Going to see it was kind of a big deal for me uh, because one of my biggest fears of all time is clowns. Yep. As um, it should be, logically. And I completely blame it on accidentally watching the first Stephen King's It with Tim Curry when I was four. Nice. Because I was like, oh, it's a clown, and then watched all of just all of the murder. Wait, who gave you control over a remote at four? My parents. I was a, I was a latchkey kid, my you friend. You sure were. <laughs> I was my, the opposite of a latchkey kid, which is like. My parents would nap when I get home. <laughs> so they just leave me in front of a TV. <laughs> Your dad did work a night shift for a lot of our childhood. That so is true. Made sense. 
it was making me think of what tropes in horror movies really scare the crap out of me. And mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to know what recurring themes in horror really get to you. I am definitely not a fan of the like apparition in the mirror. Okay. That really freaks me out. That's a classic. Um, yeah. And, and just like, just like a flash, a flash in a thing that shouldn't have flashes in it. Like, okay. like the person behind the window and the person like, isn't there a movie where a, a like babysitter or like otherwise sexy young person is like uh, that's vacuuming, <laughs> is, like vacuuming a living room or something. And then there's like a, slasher outside the door and maybe that's scream yeah maybe what's it the might be Halloween. Like the scream painting mask that's scream yeah have you not seen scream no we're gonna have to fix that oh it's it's a good one it's actually very very good that movie anyway i don't like that i okay. don't like when they're like living their daily lives and the and the horror and the danger is imminent and you just can't tell them yeah I completely feel that. Um, Another one of mine, because it kind of segues into the story that I want to tell here, is the horror movie that, like, it's a a trope that you see in a lot of stuff, and that is The Creepy Child. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. The Creepy Child is the worst one, in my opinion. Bailey and Austin are my youngest siblings. Yeah, you have twins. Uh, And they uh, love to, whenever they visit either of our parents to like look at childhood photos and snap me particularly creepy ones of themselves cool, cool, cool. Uh, Bailey is is a superstar at this uh, so she will create she will snap me photos of herself looking so fucking creepy and as the like cutest and youngest child born in the age of digital cameras uh, the twins have way more photographic evidence than Connor and I ever did which you know is good did they ever go through the creepy talking at the same time phase uh no but they did like as babies if if one of them was sick neither of them would sleep or they actually wouldn't sleep in separate cribs until they were like pretty until they were like nine or ten months old like they had to be touching and it was really adorable like like their foot or their elbow would like touch each other's hand it is really cute if you have the right music playing and then really creepy if you don't have the right music (laughs) playing there have been lots of situations where one of them like fell down or was hurt or like Bella used to have epilepsy. So she would like have a seizure and an awesome would just like get super disturbed from a different room. Uh, so there, there is some, there's some twin mojo going on. There's some twin magic happening. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. This episode is not about twins. It's just about creepy children in general. Anyway, my siblings are lovely. I love them. They're not creepy at all, but in photo- in photographs, you know, you can get no, there. No, no, all, all like small children are creepy at some point. In their oh, lives. for sure. For yes. sure, 100%. It's like staring at you. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and like, to be honest, this is something that we as humanity have kind of understood for a very, a very long time. Um, and so creepy children is a thing that dates back a decent amount. Is this episode about creepy children? Yeah, it is. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're actually going to start off with the original creepy child, which is the changeling. Oh, I thought you were going to say man baby Jesus as depicted in Renaissance paintings. No. Do you know the versions of Jesus that yes, are just like a man's body yeah. with a baby's head that are just very small in the arms of Madonna? Yes, it's the Tom Haverford baby. <laughs> it's I know so exactly bad. It's so what bad. You're oh my about. god, changelings. Yes. I I know I it's am one of your favorites. Irish and I know about changelings and I would love to hear your take on them. Well, I'm gonna tell people who don't know about changelings what changelings are first oh, yeah. thing first. Um so we're talking about a child that is believed to be a fairy child left in the place of a human child that was stolen by fairies yes that's a lot of like going back and forth but yes so it's basically like musical chairs fairy comes in steals a human baby leaves a fairy baby yes sometimes Um, it's like a baby made out of rocks and sticks that sometimes like dissipates into nothingness later but it's like a false baby put there when the human baby is taken an example of that too is the aswang when we talked about that in our second third episode yes third episode um and they would just like 
eat, come eat baby and then leave rock that looks like baby. Yeah, it's one of our least downloaded episodes because people don't understand the title, but one of the most commented upon episodes. So 100%. if y'all are catching up on our back catalog or or listen to us after episode three, definitely go back, check out Lia Swang. Lia Swang is a fun one. Um, so human children were swept away to act as servants for fairies or because the fairies were attracted to the baby's beauty. Usually they were blondes because, you know, Ireland like blondes, I guess. Unusual and like of the fae, like light yeah. eyes, that kind of stuff. Uh, or because the family somehow slighted or insulted the fairy folk. There's lots of stuff in Ireland about just quietly trying to make sure that the powers that be don't notice you. And uh, that could be a Catholic thing. That could be a uh, lived under centuries of British rule thing. Um, but it, it is very common to just like quietly appease the fairies at all times by leaving out bread or milk or not doing things that offend them or making offerings because you just don't want them to come in and steal your baby. I mean, that's the dream, right? <laughs> For no one to steal your baby? <laughs> I guess that is the dream, Jules. <laughs> I mean, it's a very simple dream, but it's one that we should all strive I'm for. I'm a woman of simple tastes. Don't steal my babies, fairies. <laughs> don't steal my babies. Um, so it was said that uh, human milk was necessary for fairy children to survive. Interesting. Which, you know, kind of makes sense. Uh, the source for changelings, uh, like from a historical folklore uh, folklorist lens, is actually really sinister. Mm -hmm. So um, historians connect memories of the inhabitants of various regions of Europe that had to be driven into hiding by invaders to fairy stories and changeling stories. Oh, um, wow. Because changelings actually occurred, according to these folklorists, um, when the hiding people would exchange their own sickly children for the healthy children of the invaders. Shit. Isn't that creepy as hell? That is really creepy. Yeah, just like, I don't know. Don't don't swap your baby just because it's sick with someone else's. That seems wrong. And speaking of really interesting modern takes on the changeling myth, mm-hmm. um, I actually read a really interesting theory around um changelings babies so there's ways to like identify if your baby is a changeling or Mm. not so they can cry too much or too little they could be very like handsome like you said blonde or blue eyed Mm. or otherwise like look different to the family um and there's other like behaviors like they wouldn't necessarily um if it was a changeling maybe they don't laugh or don't make eye contact or otherwise like act unlike babies that you would think are typical yeah and so one of the theories is that developmentally disabled babies or neurodivergent babies who display behaviors that are different to what might be expected um you know of like most babies that families would be used to uh might be kind of categorized as otherworldly and that that could potentially be one of the reasons that you know a child's behavior if you don't understand why your child is behaving differently to how you expect um changeling you know, changeling status might be a thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely a case. And a lot of historians do link the concept of changelings with, um, with you know, developmental disorders or uh, autism or something like that. Um, and it's really, really an interesting part of history. And another example of the way that the human mind works when yeah. we're trying to explain things that are unexplainable. You know, my favorite thing about uh, humanity and mythology I know. And I, I've seen a lot of things like that around um, queerness and gender queerness also mm-hmm. where, um, you know, I 
it, it can be a bad thing, right? Where like difference is is stigmatized and described as otherworldly or um, you know not human. Like there are lots of ways in which that narrative can be bad and really othering. But um, I don't know. Like as a as a queer person reading through myths over time, I'm like fuck yeah, like fuck yeah, witches. You know, like, yeah. like fuck yeah, people. Um, you know that that just behave differently, and there is a kind of like badass mystical like outside of this realm magical explanation for all that stuff like i I think there is society kind of situation yeah like there is empowerment to be found there in that narrative if you are someone affected by it and that's what you want to view it as yeah that's uh that's our favorite thing it really is i love it like history is yours for the taking 100 percent. just you know if you're not a straight white dude uh who has already taken history uh, history is yours for the taking right, right. history has already been theirs and they took it yes and and now we the rest of us are realizing like oh, oh there's right. parts for us too exactly yeah it's yay. nice that we finally get it go history <laughs> yay um so let's talk about a couple of other versions of changelings just because we yeah. already talked about ireland a little bit martin luther in germany because like ayo protestant reformation 99 theses what's up uh believed that a changeling was a child of the devil without a human soul Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I caught you while you were drinking a little whiskey there. Go on. <laughs> uh, the Germans also believed that you could reveal a changeling for uh, what it was by trying to burn the changeling in an oven. Bad. Um, whipping Yikes. the changeling. Bad. No. Or brewing and cooking in eggshells, which is a weird but a better option than the first two. <laughs> um Ireland also had that same concept um, where if you put a changeling in a fire, it would cause it to jump up the chimney and return ch- the human child, which just don't, just don't do that. Just don't. That's, that's, a, that's a bad option if your child is not a changeling. That's a nuclear option. And like, isn't it better to live with a changeling than to potentially kill a baby? Yeah. You know, like, I feel like I would just do that. Let's not do the infant sized. It's like when you're in a restaurant and someone delivers you the wrong meal and you're like, well, this is my life now. Like, I would much rather eat this wrong meal than suffer through the social situation of like informing this poor server who had nothing to do with it that this is the wrong meal. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I, I live here now. How how many times have you done that? A bunch. Oh, a bunch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm an unnaturally assertive person, but especially in different countries where like I don't know enough of the language to like describe myself properly, I'll just be like, well, th- I'm just living with this now, and I feel like I would find myself with like a 25 year old child because I just did not want to see if they were changeling or not. <gasps> okay. Wow. That is that is a bold move, my friend. I don't know. I'm just thinking through the bit, Julia. I'm, def- I'm playing with you in the space. But like, it kind of is the server's fault, and I've I've done serving before. But if yeah. they deliver you the wrong plate. They're the one who took your order in the first place. Okay, but like it's not they're not like being malicious against me. Like no, it's just of like this is not. a situation that we're all in together. But human beings make mistakes and you just gently remind them be like, "Actually, I did order the chicken parm and not the veal." Yeah, no. And and Julia and I being New Yorkers and like assertive badass women on top of that, we always correct gently and lovingly yes. and like we end up bonding from the experience. I'm always the nicest person to servers because I did serve Oh yeah, like myself. we we've been there. We know. Yeah, I don't understand people who are mean to servers i don't either maybe they're changelings maybe they can't empathize fuck those people Mm, new theory (laughs) new theory (laughs) people who are mean to servers are secretly changelings because they're used to just what like an endless bounty of food and wine and ambrosia in like the fey court yeah 
Yeah, pretty much. Shout out again, Holly Black with the Ironside trilogy. God, we love it. Also, Herbie Brendan, I think is his name, has this um, ruler of the realm and the fairy wars, uh, maybe. And Purple Emperor, I think, was the third one in the series. I'm you were literally at looking about the show. It's really far away. I can't make... I, and, like, it's in gold leaf. Anyway, those are three excellent fairy books also. Shout out to the Spirits Book Club, uh, which is currently and always and forevermore reading Sabriel. <laughs> Everyone is reading Sabriel. We get so many Sabriel tweets I, every I, day. I made friend of the show. Eric Silver reads Sabriel. He really dug it. He needs Lyriel next. And you have to return a Porson to me because you're working on it. Yeah, I read the first two chapters and then I moved. So. Keep going. No, I know, I know. I have so Worth many books. It. I just picked up Ancillary Justice, mm. uh, which is uh, by Anne Leckie. And it's amazing. It's a sci-fi one. We're getting really off track here. That's my recommendation corner. See you later. Bye. No, please do. Anyway, but everybody who has read and loved Sabriel, move on to Lyriel. It is my favorite book in that trilogy. Now a big series. And I love it. And it like shaped me as a person. And it it started my love of dogs. Like, seriously, go for it. Okay, back to Changelings. Let's for do it. a second. Um, so Changeling beliefs lasted in most parts of Ireland until uh, as of late 1895, which is when a woman named Bridget Cleary was killed by her husband, who believed that she was a changeling following what most medical historians believe was a bout of pneumonia. Oh, no. So she had pneumonia. Her husband was like, something's wrong with you, and just assumed she was a changeling, and then burned her in the fire. Yikes. And also, I'm pretty sure my Irish grandpa mentioned changelings at some point, so I I think that's a belief that is at least a sort of cultural or referential thing, if it's not a, like, prescriptive, your baby might be in danger thing. Yeah, like, I hope we're not burning babies still to make sure that they're not, you know changelings uh no morbid fun fact though want one yeah always so the is town... this about ireland and drowning oh yeah okay great, it is great. it super is actually <laughs> oh I, it's uh, mm, mm. it might be the worst ireland drowning story <laughs> okay do it i'm ready for it i just sat up more in my seat so my grandmother is uh her last name was clancy and she was from a town outside of Galway, which is on the west coast of Ireland. The, Clancy is the, also your brother's middle name. It is, right, okay. because, you know, Ireland. Yes. Um, and, and Galway, you know, notabene, is the best city in Ireland. Fight me. Uh, but my grandma mm-hmm. is from a smaller city uh, outside of there called Tomb, T-U-A-M. Um, and I was lucky enough to visit it. I saw the house outside of which she grew up um, several years ago when I went to Ireland for the first or second time. Uh, and it was, it was freaking lovely. I loved it. However, um, Tomb made the news several months after I visited uh, because a mass grave of infants was found uh, where Corum Boy style, a musical Julia and I saw in in, uh, in high school. And that actually Connor did his senior year of our drama program. Yeah, they, they did, did. Corum Boy, which is a musical about infanticide. I don't understand how that happened. Is that the one with the twins where they have to like murder the twins? Or is no, that it, it was like about a, about like a foundling hospital. What was the murder twins one that I'm thinking of then? Oh, there were twins and there was murder. They got separated at birth? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, cool. No, that's just, the one. Just checking. And like the front of the stage was soil because they had to bury babies in it. Anyway, it's fine. It's a very beautiful musical, actually. Uh, so that, is that, it? It really is. <laughs> they had like a, like a children's choir was okay. the like striking thing about the performance. Sure. Uh, and just like an all like boys children choir, it just like gets to the soul in a way that nothing else does. Anyway, point <laughs> being, <laughs> there was a, a, a mass grave where it was supposed to be a place that uh, unwed mothers went to have their babies and then be adopted and it just totally was the opposite of that and um, sorry that was tomb and also my grandma grew up there and it's a lovely city I am the all teeth emoji right now just like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm the upside down smile. Okay. Ireland's great, lol. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's move away from Ireland for a second. And let's talk about some changeling myths from non-Europe. I actually need a refill first. Okay. All right, let's go. So, Julia, this week we are sponsored by Storyblocks. I think I told you about it last time. What's up, Storyblocks? Um, but they are a stock image, stock video, vectors, textures, people who are like amazing illustrators, like the folks that we see on Twitter recommending, you know, fan art and, and showing things to us. They need all kinds of stock vectors and textures to get their art done some of the time. And in addition to all the things that you think of when you think of stock photography, um, Storyblocks also provides video. Like there's all kinds of stuff. And unlike other sites where you have to download each of them and pay for each of them as you go, you can download whatever you want. You can download hundreds or thousands of things for one annual membership at 149 bucks. See, that seems like a real good bang for your buck. It does. And it's like, I love that because you don't know what image or vector or texture is going to look the best in your art until you try it, you know? So this doesn't punish you for like trying a bunch of different things. Um, and we'd actually love to challenge you, Spiriters, to find the creepy coolest stock image you can on the Storyblocks site. And the coolest part about Storyblocks is that they're adding stuff all of the time. There's always going to be a new image every time you go there. And it is insanely cool how much stuff they have. And they have options to buy custom or additional images from artists, where artists take home 100% of the sale price, which I think is pretty dope. It is pretty dope. So we would love for you guys to go and try out the service, try to find some cool images to share with us. That's at storyblocks.com spirits, where you have a free seven-day trial, 400,000 images and stuff. Oh, amazing. So thank you so much, Storyblocks. Uh, we hope we can use some of your cool, cool images and videos real soon. All right, let's go back to the show. So Amanda, now that we've got our refill, uh, I'm going to take us away from Europe and we're going to go to Africa instead. Yay! To talk about more changelings. Let's for do a it. Bit. Um, the first story we're going to talk about is a story from the Igbo people in eastern Nigeria. The spirit is called a Obwanje, hmm. uh, which the term literally means child who comes and goes. That sounds right. Uh, it is a evil spirit that will be born into a family and within a certain amount of time from birth will deliberately die. <gasps> um, it would come back and then repeat the cycle, which causes the family grief. Oh, no. Obviously. That yeah. would suck. Um, it it completely sucks. It'll Wait. just keep repeating the cycle over and over again. Question. Into the same form family. or reincarnated into new babies? New babies. Oh, yeah, not that great. sucks. And fuck, like, what a what a horrible thing is repeated miscarriages or, or infant deaths. And, like, again, I get it. Like, human beings have to find a way to describe the indescribable. And, like, this definitely counts. Yes. And it is, it's very, it's a very tragic story, um, which just, you know, I, I can't imagine going through that. Uh, and the spirit will actually do, like, multiple cycles. Uh, I vaguely remember in Things Fall Apart, yeah. That's the book that we read in... Chimua uh... Achebe, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one of the people in... One of the characters in the book was described as a obweje because uh, it was like the one child that survived after 10 sort of cycles oh, of shit, you're right. miscarriages and infant death and all of that. Fuck. I can't remember the character's name, but I don't remember any of the character's names actually from that book. It's been Excellent a while book. since I read it. It has been eight years? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, because we read it junior year, and that's when I started dating Jake. Aw. Aw. Now, back to infant death. (laughs) Back to some more infant (laughs) death. Um, So the uh, Igbo would actually uh, cut, ritualistically cut the bodies of these children that they suspected to be uh, the spirits. 
uh, because they would hope that it would not they it would stop the uh, spirit from returning. Um, but oh, I see to like ward off. Right. Right. But if it was done improperly, um, it would ex- it, like and the spirit came back, it would show in uh, birthmarks. Ooh. on the body yikes so like in spots where they were supposed to have been cut or whatever and right. it's, it explains like you know either birth defects or you know marks on the body or certain like scars and birthmarks and whatnot yikes i mean i i get it so hard you know and yeah. yet it still sucks so much um interestingly the yoruba which is another um tribe in africa uh had a similar term known as uh ibuku uh, which translated to uh, predestined to death and refers to the spirits of children that would die before the age of 12 and continue to return back to the family. I mean, as if being a family that experiences, you know, death of children or a child whose siblings had passed or mm-hmm. had before you is hard enough, you know, yeah. like this, this really sucks. This really sucks. Yeah, no. like there's there's no two ways about it. But I mean, it makes so much sense. Like this kind of thing, if there is a, a, a medical issue or a nutrition issue, you know, or or just situation in which, unfortunately, this tragedy happens to you again and again, um, it, it makes a certain kind of sense that you would you would try to find a way to describe it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, it's it's kind of like that story that we covered in the thirty myths in thirty minutes uh, and in Year Walk. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the the spirit of the unbaptized baby trying to get into the cemetery, right? That's just like it's super heavy stuff, but it's it was also the reality of the times, and mythology is always shaped around the reality of the times and the reality of the culture that it comes out of. And like it is a base instinct in a way that like other base instincts like birth and love and grief and you know marriage and mm-hmm. kind of all these things that that define humanity that are things we've invented for ourselves and shit that we experience it's like the shit of real life like that is the kind of stuff that myth is made of yeah it's that cycle of life stuff if it exists in mankind we're gonna have stories about it yeah and it kind of sucks um i'm gonna bring us to a lighter note i think hopefully all right um because we're gonna fast forward to 1950s england uh, it sounds like some shit's gonna go down yeah it, there's some good shit let's do it um so you know how creepy paintings are totally a thing in horror movies and oh for sure like episodes of scooby-doo yes because Man- can amanda list all the uh, scooby-doo people for me real quick freddie has an ascot cool velma has a orange sweater okay uh some other hot lady has purple daphne daphne cool we're at three shaggy yeah is a stoner yes and they're scooby right yes that's it. You did good. And they're in a green van. You, you did so good, Amanda. Oh, thank you, babe. I'm so proud of you. That is one thing you, I did consume. You got consume. four out of five, right? That is, that is the thing I consumed as a kid. I, I like that Daphne was the hot one in the purple sweater. I actually found Velma to be the hottest because I think she was like like attainable for me. Like a, a queer yeah, lady thing. Hot. A queer lady thing is like you're never sure if, if your attraction to somebody is aspirational like a thing i want to be or like a thing i want to date Mm -hmm. uh and so it's it it was definitely both for me where she was like slightly rounder with shorter hair and glasses and i was like oh okay like that that could be me but also like she's pretty anyway i i completely feel you i was always a velma girl myself so identifying with her yes yeah 100 percent um, so obviously creepy paintings get, uh, bonus points if it's a creepy painting of a child. Mm-hmm. How about if it's a crying child? And how about if the paintings are apparently cursed? Uh, let's do it. Okay. Um, so that's the case actually of the painting known as the crying boy. 
Okay. Um, now, on its own, it isn't a super special painting. It was a mass-produced print of a painting by Giovanni Bragolan. Wait, this this crying child was so compelling that they mass-produced it? Yes. I, the other day, I saw a, a kid on the sidewalk with his mom take a lick of an ice cream cone, and then the whole ball fell over comically onto the sidewalk. And I was like, wait, now I am complicit in this tragedy. Like, I had to witness this. And the poor baby, like, I, I like, ran forward past them so that I wouldn't have to see his poor face, like, screw up in, in anger and mourning. Uh, morning about ice cream i I work on the same block as an ice cream shop and so unfortunately i fear that this is gonna be a thing that i see well summer's almost over so that's true that is a genuine plus for you summer friends don't stay so painting oh my god yes no crying child so popular they had to mass produce it (laughs) it was called the crying boy does he have like a lollipop that's broken no it's just it's just i will link it in the show notes it is just a crying child okay you can google it it's just a the head of a crying boy i mean i guess if you have to like have a subject sit still for a long time and do something crying for a baby is yeah. pretty plausible he's got a little bit of like a bowl cut too oh no yeah, it's not great it's it's a bad painting i don't know why but it was super <laughs> popular in england during the 1950s oh my god i love it um now the height of the rumors about this apparent curse started in september of 1985 um because the sun which is like a tabloid newspaper mm-hmm. kind of uh in england reported that an essex firefighter claimed that undamaged copies of the painting were frequently found in the ruins of burned down houses <laughs> it's amazing right <laughs> now i want my firefighter brother austin to look in fires that he douses what things are mysteriously untouched by flame <laughs> Even more so, Amanda, these observations became so prominent that firefighters in the area refused to hang the painting in their own homes. I mean, duh. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just miss out on the fad of the crying child painting. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It actually, so the Sun ran several more articles. Uh, Wait, was was there like a multi-level marketing scheme where people would be like representatives of the company that sells the like crying child and like also cosmetics and Tupperware and like, you know, like these things where you like are meant to sell it to put money into it and you lose money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I wonder if there was one of those uh, for for the crying child child painting. (laughs) I think it's I think it's like how every college student has a painting that's like a Monet or something or Starry Night in their dorm yeah, room. Yeah, a single Van Gogh and a single Fight Club yes. and a single like Pulp Fiction poster. I think that's just how it was, <laughs> but in 1950s England. And everyone's dorm floor has to have the like single guitar guy and the stoner and the nerd and the person who you can count on for band-aids, like the mom. That was me. I was going to be like, I don't know anyone who's just the person that had band-aids. Oh, no, that was me. I remember the person who had weed on our floor, <laughs> not band-aids, though. I ended up becoming friends with the with the guitar guy, and so many times he would cut himself or, like, burn himself making stoner fries at three in the morning and know that there was band-aids outside my room. Did he just knock on your door at three in the morning? Demanding? I ended up just putting some in a folder on my door. Oh, that makes sense. Classic Amanda. That is the most you statement because you, you wouldn't wake <laughs> up and be bothered by these people at three in the morning, but you would have band-aids readily Oh, yeah. I figured out them. a system. Like, come on. I'm not I'm not a newborn babe here. Obviously. I'm not a changeling. 
So wait, what happened to this creepy kid? Okay, so the the son ran several more stories over the next few months, and it ended up culminating in people believing the curse so much that they organized mass bonfires of the paintings that were sent to the paper by readers. Man, the British love their bonfires, yo. They do. It was in November, so I think that's when uh, bonfire day. day. Yeah. Yeah, 5th of November. So instead of burning wood and stuff, they burned crying boy paintings. Uh, a lot, a lot of the time, the the British are are just so steadfastly like medium, you know, like, like they're, they're just like very average in lots of ways. Uh, they're just like so dedicated to being average, um, but also they are extra in lots of ways. Um, so, okay. so one example is their tabloids. So the Sun, for example, like the New York Post or or the whatever Inquirer things that we have in the U.S. Well, um, the Post and the Inquirer are very different. I mean, the post is like is like real journalism, quote unquote, verging on tabloids. Cool. Anyway, they uh, in England just show porn like they just have topless women in their tabloids. They, they're just there. Cool. They're just they're, they're, they're topless okay. just in the supermarket. We're at the at the like sidewalk newsstand like they're just there and topless. And so when I when I moved to, to England as a 19 year old studying abroad, I was like, wait. How how are these boobs allowed? Like I, I was how so, are these boobs allowed? I was so surprised that there were just breastuses and also triangular packaged sandwiches, which are a great idea, and we need more in America. Thank you, Pret. Anyway, that's my England newsstand rant of the day. Okay, you feel you feel good. You got that off your chest now. I feel great, Julia. Um, So I want to finish out the story of the crying boy uh, with the fact that there was no specific reason given as to why this particular painting was cursed. So I figured, uh, why don't we come up with our own backstory about this crying boy and why he's burning down houses? Oh my God, yes. Let's do it up. Give it to me. Um, His nanny scalded his warm milk before bedtime. Okay. And that's why he burns down houses. Yes. You got to give me a little bit more than that. Come on. Give me, well, give me a tragic think? backstory, goddammit. I want it to be tragic. I want it to, I want it to be mundane. No, I want it to be tragic. Make it as extra as the tabloids. Uh, uh, the, the, like, Christmas hearth fire was not warm enough for him. And so things have to be warm forever as a house fire. Okay, now I'm, I'm coming up with a better one. Um, I'm three whiskeys in. Give me a break. I'm going to go with um, he was the, you know, the non-favorite child of the family. And on Christmas Eve, one day, they all went to a party and they left him behind without any special care or something. Home Alone style? Yeah, Home Alone style. They okay, forgot, okay. Him, in, they forgot so him in a hotel. Macaulay Culkin or whatever his name is. Oh, great. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You want to go one more time? Is this your Sigourney Weaver? No, I don't. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> you suck. Oh, beautiful. Um, so they leave him home, uh, and he accidentally burns down the house and burns alive inside it. Um, his evil stepmother beats him secretly when his dad isn't looking. Okay. Or he discovers Bertha Mason in the attic. That's that's a solid one. And Rochester is, uh, uh, like he does, just brooding in a study. Um, and then the, the house burns down. If we're making Home Alone references, uh, Rochester is Tim Curry as the, like, not butler, but the dude, who, the concierge. What? Have you not seen Home Alone 2? No. He's, he's stuck in Manhattan. Wait, which? Hold on. Pause. Is this, is this the, the Tim something that is the Santa Claus? 
or is this the Tim something that's in Rocky Horror? <laughs> what? What is happening right now? I, he said Tim something. Tim Allen or Tim the Tim other one? Tim Curry. Tim Curry, the better one. The better one. The better one. Don't worry. I know that he's better. Oh, Julia's crying. <laughs> I'm in an actual fetal position. What are you doing to me? Oh, you bring creepy kids into my life, Julia. I respond with my dumb oh, creepiness. So Tim Allen. No, Tim Curry. Okay, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry also, tying it back to our intro, played it in the original uh mini series on television. Is it a clown? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Have you never seen pictures of Tim Curry as it? No. Horrifying. It's I don't I'm want scared to. of clowns. I'll show it to you later. No. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> okay. I want Tim Curry to always just be in Rocky Horror. <sighs> Um. Okay, we we gotta move on, or else I'm just gonna think about Tim Curry for the rest of this fucking episode. I don't want to do that. Um, you know what I love, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I love a good creepy urban legend from Japan. Oh my god, fuck yes! We should have a spinoff podcast of creepy urban legends from from Japan. Uh, let's fuck. just tell a quick one, real quick. Um, so this story is pretty similar to Bloody Mary. Uh, it's one of those you know Japanese school children will say it and do it and you know creep each other out. Yes. Um, this is called uh, Hanako-san, uh, and she is a spirit of a young girl who haunts school bathrooms uh, and only appears when someone calls her name. Okay. So what you got to do. Moaning Myrtle. Got it. Yeah. But ex- opposite, almost exactly. Where she doesn't just like constantly talk. You have to like summon her. Yeah. Um, so her origins go back a decent amount, uh, especially for an urban legend. Usually those are pretty recent. Yeah. Uh, but it's said that she was killed in a bathroom during an air raid during World War II. <gasps> no. Um, so though some stories kind of say they have different versions, like all urban legends. Uh, sure. She was either killed by a crazed parent or a stranger that was you know in the school whatever but killed by a person and not by like the air raid yes okay uh but the point is she died in a bathroom so we gotta we gotta hit up those bathrooms if we want to find her god if i have to die in haunted place just make it like the new york public library make it the met make it somewhere good Make it the uh, near public library, like the beginning of Ghostbusters. So if you want to call Hanako, what you got to do is you have to go to the third stall in the girl's bathroom on the third floor and knock three times. Of where? Just at wherever you are? Any At any school. <laughs> okay. It has to be at a school, Amanda. God, it's a girl's bathroom. It's like on the first day of, of school in high school, you tell a freshman to, that their that they're whatever lunchtime orientation is in the pool. Yes. On the fourth floor. Yes. Which we didn't have. Yeah. We didn't. Nope. We did we even have three floors? Yeah, we had three. We floors. have three. We have okay. three. Okay. Um, so what you have to do is you have to ask, "Are you there, Hanako-san?" Uh, to which you should hear a voice answer, "I'm here." <gasps> if you hear that and enter the stall, you should see a small girl in a red skirt. No, and like that's it. She's just there. No, and then, and then you blink and she disappears. It's no, that that's the scary part. I mean, just, the just, children that operate and disapparate. No. <laughs> Okay, um, this, of course, like any urban legend, is going to have a few variations. Uh, in some versions, a white hand appears outside the stall, or it's a blood-stained hand. <gasps> Up to you, really, I guess. Um, in my favorite version, uh, which comes from the Yamagata uh, prefecture, uh, if one enters the stall after calling Hanako-san and getting a response, uh, they will be eaten by a three-headed lizard that mimicked the girl's voice. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. 
that's just so good yeah i'm all about the lizard people like man. one can go for your head and then one for each of your arms yeah fuck yeah be a good D character three-headed lizard if we were if we were a three-headed creature julia who would be the third head i guess eric i guess i guess eric <laughs> you know <laughs> that would make the most sense i guess so i guess so as we know from our uh, adorable photo that uh, someone drew i'm forgetting the person's name but it's on our instagram and yeah it's, it's great. so cute it's also um shiner's profile picture right now yes so cute and you and uh, eric silver use it as a meme in our groups <laughs> group yeah so in, in this beautiful fan art which we will link in, in the description uh julia just looks so sultry she looks like she's currently seducing an older man hey <laughs> and so so eric silver and i uh have cropped that image to show just julia's face I hate you so much and we we put it in our group text as a reaction all the time now I just need a gif of you winking. That would really just just finish my life. I so, uh, y'all, if you have gif skills, if you're able to make a gif out of an image, please tweet me at she's so Mickey, and I will send you the Julia face. I'm I love pouting you. right now. I love you. Uh-huh. I'm your maid of honor, Julia. Sure. I love you. I haven't even asked you yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm conscripting myself. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds um, good. And what happens with this bathroom myth? That's it. You just, that's it yeah that's it she just eats you yeah cool if she's a lizard she just eats you what is her, what is her motivation i need to know her character backstory i don't know <laughs> so urban legends don't always have character backstory i'm sorry but i want to know they're just things that do you want to come up with one like we came up with with the crying boy yes. which you failed blatantly at julia i try my best that's all that matters as every gym teacher i've ever had told me all that matters is that you try Until we got to Rouchy in our junior year, where, again, we were in a super intense theater program. We did like 20 or 30 hours a week of work in this theater program. And so we had first period gym one year. And our our like Puerto Rican surfer bro, lovely gym teacher, like got me. And when we did electives in one quarter, like some people did football, some did volleyball, some did weights. He was like, you guys can meditate if you want. And so I just led 10 other drama kids in quote unquote meditation and yoga, which was actually us napping in the like screening room from the wrestling team on like wrestling mats. Okay, Amanda, we're going to hit up our last creepy child, which I feel as though is probably the most prominent understanding of the creepy child. Bring it. And that is the black eyed child. Do it. And so this is a theme that probably goes back further, but it's just so permeated into our culture. Um, But really the concept of the black eyed children really only came into prominence during the late 1990s. Okay. Um, So these are paranormal beings that are usually children either between the age of six and 16, which seems a little old for me, but like the solid six to 11 is probably more accurate. Okay. Um, you can be like a young 15. Yeah, I guess so. I get it. Um, so these children are, have a distinctive pale skin and just black eyes. Yikes. Like like no, no, like all pupil, all the whites, just, it's all black. Uh, no good. No, not good at all. No good. But I feel as though that's, that is quite the trope now. If you go and watch any supernatural show, if you watch the show Supernatural, (laughs) (laughs) if you really just watch anything with demon possession or ghosts and stuff 
um, there's going to be a black-eyed child somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, my coworker's uh, adorable tiny Italian greyhound, who is my favorite new coworker. Her name is Pixel. She's amazing. Instagram at she's so Mickey and Snapchat. You will find me anyway. But her eyes are so gigantic in her face that she looks like all people all the time. And I'm like, oh, are you a demon? No, you're an adorable greyhound. I think all dogs, you don't see really the whites of dogs eyes. Most of the time. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about demonically possessed dogs. That's not cool. What would they what would they do? What would they what, what would be their infernal purpose? murder people because dogs can murder people i mean is that it or is it just like undermining your life somehow in an interesting way <laughs> like the dog eats your taxes so you get like <laughs> the irs comes after you the dog pees on your passport so you have to have, do like the two document authentication oh, at the dmv that. that's yeah, the worst no no the worst okay um, let's focus on the stories of the black eyed. Okay, children. wait, black eyed child. Okay, go. Um, so stories surrounding black eyed children usually are ones where they are hitchhiking or panhandling, mm. um, or even creepier, in my opinion, uh, showing up at the doorsteps of residential homes. Yeah, no, no good. Just I don't want to see a child on my doorstep, especially. I don't want to see a child on my doorstep if they're selling candy bars, much less if they have black eyes and are like demons. Uh, the, the ranking of creepy children, of creepy, creepy, like, uh, solicitation behavior. Go for it. Is like one squeegee man, right? From our childhood in the nineties, New York. Okay. Okay. Two, uh, uh, like subway mariachi band. Three at your doorstep, jankily selling candy. Four, like in person, in a park. That's the like solicitation creepiness scale, in my opinion. So squeegee is low or high? High. Because you're like in your car sitting at a red light and someone walks up to you and starts squeegeeing your windshield and expects money for it. Yeah. No. Bad. I can't great. move. I can't move. I can't get away. <laughs> like legally, I can't get away. Yeah. And like same in the subway. Like like you're you're playing your guitar in my face or and or like showtiming, like breakdancing right in front of me. I can't go anywhere. We're all in this car together. Yeah. got to figure it out. At least I can ignore you if you come, if you ring my doorbell. Right. Like or the, like in a supermarket or like on the sidewalk, like you can you can figure it out. Yeah, no. uh, Jake and I just moved from an apartment to a residential home. Hey, um, and I just realized that I have to now buy candy for Halloween Aww. because children are actually going to come to my door. Yep, not um, a problem in my apartment building in Queens where everybody is old. Uh, my social anxiety is going through the roof at having to deal with children. You can just put it on the stoop. Oh, but then they take it all. And say, please take one. Like and the, then see who's going to be a future lawbreaker. The teens come and they just dump the whole bowl into their, soup, not suitcases, their pillowcases. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dressed as businessmen and have suitcases. <laughs> you know that Jake is going to really relish scaring children in some way. Oh, Jake loves that shit. It's yeah, his so favorite he, thing. he can be in charge of the candy, candy distribution. He's just going to dress up as... Uh, michael myers from halloween and just sit on our stoop and have children come up to him thinking that he's a statue and then go ah. wait did michael myers is he the guy who played austin powers <laughs> that wasn't a silly question yes but michael myers the character is different from mike myers the actor really yeah who's michael myers michael myers is the dude who wears the william shatner mask who murders people on halloween what who attacked jamie lee curtis what have you not seen halloween no okay we're gonna work on that then, then I who guess, has too. the hockey mask uh that's jason from uh friday the 13th fuck there's too many yeah there's a lot 
The 80s were a weird time. <sighs> There's also Leatherface. Can you tell me what Leatherface is from? Nope. Can you tell me what Freddy's from? Nope. Okay, so Leatherface. Is Chucky different from Freddy? Yes. Aww. Very different. I don't want to know all these. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street, attacks you in your dreams. Has, what does he look like? Has a knife glove and has burns all over his face and wears a striped sweater. No. No? You don't know who I'm talking about or no, no you're not into it? No, neither. Oh, Amanda. Amanda. No. Johnny Depp gets murdered in the first Friday the 13th movie. I don't want to see it. Yes, you do. No. Yes. I'm going to show you. It's fine. No. Uh, and then Chucky. Was Chucky the last one that you yeah. said? Yeah. Chucky's like a doll that's possessed by a murderer. And then it is a clown. Yes. Unless okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the others are missing. Um, the thing from John Carpenter, which what is, is a shapeshifter. Thing? alien it's everything it's it does a bunch of different stuff (sighs) you remember that um episode of x-files where they're up in the arctic or something and there's yes yeah that's just basically a 30 minute version of john carpenter's the thing so i don't have to see it excellent (laughs) fair enough um okay where were we i don't remember <laughs> I completely forgot um oh residential homes so we can trace uh the origin of black-eyed children to a texas reporter named brian bethel uh what who, did you rot brian what hath brian rot he had in quotes a ghost related mailing list <laughs> <laughs> during the 1990s bring it is, brian which is amazing would sign up for would go back and steal it from him brian get in touch uh, so Bethel describes two experiences with children in uh, Abilene, Texas during 1996 in this newsletter um, and then says he encountered another story similar in Portland, Oregon. So apparently this is one of the stories that was an early example of the Internet's first few creepypasta, which yes. if you don't know what a creepypasta is, it is basically an urban legend of the Internet age specifically designed around horror supernatural elements. And sometimes it's just like creative writing. Like it's it's sometimes, often, mostly, almost always people writing creepy shit. But it is really creepy. Or in the um, in the instance of Slenderman, let's say, because that's a really well known one. It is someone did a just an image that they photoshopped, and then people created a story around it. Yep, which is kind of cool in my opinion. It is really cool. It, it's like those kind of found or creative writing prompts that we did a lot as kids. Yes. Or in our creative writing classes, it would be just like a bunch of photos and, and you know, choose one and write about it. Uh, so I, I think it's really lovely. And there's like a very cool, creepy community around it. Yeah. Um, I super, I'm super into it. And we know a couple of people who either do creepypasta podcasts or are talk about creepypastas a lot. Um our friend John Grills of yeah. uh, Small Town Horror Podcast also does another podcast called Creepy, and you should check it out. Yes, you should check out both those shows. They are really, really good. Yes. So what exactly the black-eyed children are is a source of debate among internet communities. Are they demons? Um, well, so some believe that they are ghosts or demon-possessed children. Nice. Um, others even think that they might be a certain breed of vampires or that they might be extraterrestrials. Oh my god, aliens. I love a good alien thing. We can't have an episode of Spears without being, without referencing or kind of alluding to aliens. Yes. I love it. I love a good alien. We gotta do an alien episode at some point. We did record one, but it wasn't 
you know, didn't make it to air. So what happened, y'all? Okay. Is that before we released any episodes of Spirits, we we recorded several, right? To like see how it is and and edit them and see, you know, what we should do. Um, Including the Bigfoot episode with Jake, uh, Julia's fiance. Hey. That was a weird way of saying that. Uh, That's how Eric Silver says it. So that's how I say it too. Cool. Um, And Jake accidentally got very drunk the day that we recorded the Bigfoot episode. And so we were going to record Bigfoot and then Aliens. But in between Bigfoot and Aliens, we recorded our Persephone episode. And during that, Jake just kept drinking whiskey, I guess. And he got it was so drunk that we were we recorded just an indecipherable Aliens episode. It was just really out of order. And he kept getting sidetracked. And I love him to death. He's the best. Um, but I asked him to do research on non-US stuff and the whole thing was US and Japan has some really cool alien stuff and I really want to touch on that and like aliens is a huge topic you have to kind of choose a lens and go for it yeah anyway it was fine at some point we will do an aliens episode don't you worry I'm gonna have him re-recorded at some point yes I love that man he's clearly you're getting married Mm -hmm. um so Amanda that's all the uh, creepy children I got for the time being oh man I bet there are so many more in the world there probably are listeners please tell us your favorite creepy child myth legend story uh sleepover tale whatever I want to hear it I also want to see photos if you have child photos of yourself or others that you have permission to post photos on the internet, please send us creepy photos of kids. I was going to put that disclaimer on there, but you beat me to it. Beat you to it. Um, yeah, I am sure that there are some great creepy child urban legends that are from your hometown. Um, I found a bunch that just didn't make it to, into this episode. Um, like one where it was a man in a bunny mask that just murders children at a bridge. That's not cool. Don't do that. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, not into it. Or um, just like quotidian creepy children. Uh, for example, we had a friend growing up in our grade who had a much younger brother. I think he was born when we were in like sixth grade, fifth grade, and just looked creep- creepy, angelic, creepy, changeling-like. I'll tell you his name after the recording, cool. Julia. Um, or my across-the-street neighbors growing up. The kids went to Catholic school. And so there was not, just like... Not a good sign already. Julia just shakes her head immediately. Uh, and so just like My kids, immediate thought goes to the omen. Yep, yep. And so kids in Catholic school uniforms just like looking creepily with their like very light red hair at me from my bedroom window growing up. That's horrifying. And no good. And makes me think of The Shining. No good. Don't do what is The Shining? The, uh, the Stanley Kubrick movie with uh, Jack Nicholson. Nope. Here's Johnny. Nope. They're in a hotel. Is he in a shower? No. They're in a hotel. Nope. Don't know about it. Oh. Uh, Sorry. There's a kid riding the tricycle through the halls of the hotel and just stumbles across. Okay. Whatever. Nope. I'll show you that later, too. I got nothing. I, I think I came up with five movies that I have to show you in this one episode. So. Live show concept. Us watching the important bits of those movies and, and me just commenting and being scared on stage. I'm into it. If you'd be into it, tweet us at Spirits Podcast. All right. I think that's all. Um, and from the bottom of my heart this episode, stay creepy. And if you can, if you survive, if you're able to keep your wits about you, stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. 
Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.